Hey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast, I Totally Relate. I'm Rissy. And I'm Shelves. And we hope you guys can totally relate. Welcome back, you guys. I don't even know what to freaking say. Well, I've yes. got to redo it. <laughs> I, I like I've I'm like okay here we go. What happens when you okay, no, 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 I know. Let's not say welcome back. Okay. Let's say um. No, 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 it's fine. You can say that. Okay, I know what I'm gonna say next. Okay, go ahead. You can say welcome back, and then I know what I'm gonna say. Okay, okay, okay. Now we know. Okay, we have a plan. I do we have a plan. Whew. Okay. Welcome back, you guys. Guess what? This is episode number thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. Yeah. And we're one week into our special offer. Yes. Over on Patreon. We have one week left for you guys to get our special little gift that we'd love to send to you. Should you decide to join us over on Patreon to get lots of exclusive bonus content and stay connected with us. And also throwing us a bone and helping us continue to follow this project that has been so fun. So any support helps us go a long way. Yeah. Honestly, we just, this has been such a fun project for us and it does take up a lot of time and a lot of resources. And so if you get any value from our conversations, we would love just general support to help make this project sustainable because we have so much more to say. We have so many things we want to talk to you guys about. Literally right before we started recording this episode, we were talking how much we love to talk. Yeah. (laughs) Which is very true. So if you like to listen to us talk, head over on our Patreon. We'd love any little support. The link will be in the show notes. So just scroll on down, Mm. give it a little click, and then it will pop right up and you can decide which tier works best for you. Absolutely. Um, Today we have a fun episode, but just upfront and honest, I'm feeling a little nervous. Yeah, me too. How are you feeling? So nervous. So typically before we record, like we've done our own journalings and we even like Marco Polo a couple times. And Mm -hmm. so like I have a pretty good idea of what you're going to share. And I feel like you have a good idea of what I'm going to share. But this time it's a little less so. Absolutely. So I know what I'm going to share, but like we haven't really prefaced it. So I feel like a little, I'm a little nervous. And it's a big topic. Prior to this conversation with Cody, I had felt that failure was very daunting. It was this big, scary, jagged, looming object that you would do anything to avoid. And I like that you use that visual of like coloring it because I felt like, oh, it's maybe not as scary. It brings more perspective and it it seems less ominous when we can give it a little bit of our time and attention. And that's exactly what we've been doing is just trying to bring more awareness maybe to this topic. And it's not something that I feel I've got under control. In fact, I think that I'm still experiencing what does failure mean. I haven't really put myself out there enough to really face big failure. Like all the failures that I have accumulated in my experience so far has just been like quiet and like maybe only my close loved ones even know that like I felt like it was a failure. Sure. Like I have not had a big failure at all because the scary feeling of failure has truly kept me from even trying in the first place. Like I don't even try things because 
well, I'll probably fail at it. And that would be so embarrassing or like way too heartbreaking. And so I haven't even put myself out there. Mm -hmm. So I don't even really know failure. Yeah. And I guess that is a failure in and of itself. (laughs) Maybe I want to talk about maybe the difference between giving up and surrendering. Mm. This is still a practice that I have, but sometimes we get to a point where we really want something and maybe we're not gaining momentum or we're not gaining the ground that we want. And giving up is walking away. And usually there um, that seems to feel loaded with shame or um, avoidance maybe. But the art of surrendering is letting go of what you can't control and only focusing on the things that you can. So instead of focusing on the things that aren't working for you, instead focusing on what you control, what you can control, essentially placing one foot in front of the other. I think that a lot of things in our life come to that point of discomfort of surrendering or giving up. Mm, yeah. And when you surrender, you risk going after something and maybe it's just a little out of your grasp and that in my brain interprets to failure and so instead of doing that I tend to give up I I, I tend to walk away mm-hmm. at that like brink or that moment that cusp and that essentially I think has shaped me where I'm like oh I think I've given up before I've really tried. Therefore, I don't know the heartbreak of failure in a positive way. Yeah. Because everything that I'm looking back at is with resentment and like that walking away and giving up instead of giving it my earnest effort. Yeah. It was like a way for you to to fail on your terms, right? Like, yes, I I made the decision not to go on instead of feeling like, oh, no, like what if something outside of me makes the decision that I don't go on. And that would be, that would hurt way too much. It's easier to say, you know what? Never mind. Mm -hmm. It's easier to feel more in control Mm -hmm. where it's on your terms instead of putting yourself out there. Yeah. Is maybe how my brain interprets it. Yeah. I feel you so much, girl. Like that is a lot of how I feel. And I really, like, as I was thinking about this, and even after having that conversation with Cody, which I'm so excited for you guys to hear next week, it really did put it in perspective for me, like, oh my gosh, like, there is no way that I can avoid this. Mm. And, and I still want to try. Like, I really just feel like I literally wrote down, like, times are changing. Mm. Like, I'm not going to let that be so scary and so big for me that I don't even put myself out there anymore. And I think that this podcast is like a really big part of that, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, we sit down. We have these conversations about topics that can be, can feel really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and asking people to like, hey, listen, or hey, share it, or hey, join us on Patreon. Like, people could not listen. Oh, yeah. People could definitely not choose to support us and that wouldn't be anybody's fault it's just like a scary way of failing right like oh my gosh how embarrassing that I put myself out there and it wasn't accepted and I feel like in doing this first of all we have been met with so much love and support Mm -hmm. that I truly feel like oh I I want to keep going I feel compelled and called to do this and even with everybody cheering me on I still get nervous to like I'm still scared to fail 
Because that that voice or that fear of failure, because uh, for me, failure, it it just feels so shameful. It feels like such a, a shameful word. And I, I feel, once again, like I'm this small person mm-hmm. and um, this inner child of me is afraid of, of, of hearing that. And I, and, and I don't feel that failure has been painted in this light of effort keep going everyone fails you're going to come up and you're going to fall short no matter who you are yeah and I thought that nobody else fell short it was just me so innately something was wrong with me if I fail yeah and then the more that people open up and they talk about these heartbreaks and they talk about how things didn't work out for them when somebody is sharing a piece of their story to me and it didn't work out the way that they had hoped, I'm not sitting at the other side of the table thinking, oh, what a failure. Like, ultimately, it's like, oh, take that lesson, learn from it, come back, you know, get a little bit stronger. <clears throat> I think I, I once heard that, like, failure, it's only a failure if you give up, but, like, fail, you usually get a place of where you're at. And then once you know where you are, then you can know where you're going. I liked that idea where it's more just self-awareness than yeah. it is uh, straight up, you suck, you're a failure. Yeah. You're not good enough. Mm-hmm. You should stop doing this. Yes. Whatever this is. Sure. Yeah. What are some things that you feel like uh, would be labeled as this, like you should stop doing this? Well, a lot of the times it's before... I even really get started on something. So prior to you asking me to do a podcast, it was something that I've always wanted to do. It just sounded really fun Mm -hmm. as podcasts started uh, becoming more of a thing. And then, you know, somebody's friend starts a podcast and you're like, oh, that kind of like spikes my interest. But it's ultimately like sometimes like I get into these thoughts where I think that um, maybe like dreaming and there's a voice that comes in that's like, well, you can't do that. You can't travel the world. You can't have the life that you want or do these things. You're not important enough. Um, so some of those things are a lot. Most of those are like my my desires. So Ooh, yeah, I really um, have always loved learning and wanted an education. And there is a very strong voice in my head that tells me I'm incapable of retaining knowledge and so a lot of the time that voice looks for proof so if I didn't do well on a test or I didn't get as high of remarks on an art project or something I internalize that as oh see see this proof yeah that's really funny to hear you say that because you drop information like that all the time you're always like oh and you have like an exact number and it's really impressive like your your ability to retain information is impressive that's funny so (laughs) I write all the time that's one of my affirmations that I am capable of retaining knowledge I write that all of the time yeah (laughs) totally oh I that really kind of like struck a chord with me when you said Mm. it's not it the things that you're scared of failing at isn't necessarily like a a specific thing, but it's like your innermost desires, Mm -hmm. not even going after like the things that you desire because you feel like not good enough for them. Yeah. Yeah. That, 
And I, I mean, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I mm-hmm, think not that there are so many of us that hold back because one reason or another, whether it's your parents had a different idea of who they wanted you to be or you're like, for me, I was I was I was pretty book smart growing up. And so I flourished in writing and math and science when I was younger. And so I think it was because I got I was good at it. I felt like I got equated to I could only do something like where I used my brain. So like I didn't know that I didn't know that you could be a film director. I didn't know that you could be a therapist. I didn't know that you could do these these things that I might feel interested in because I felt like you had to always be smart. You had to always be taking these top classes and so of course, I go into college and I'm instantly like, I'm going to be in the medical field because that seems to be the only logical choice for someone. I think a lot of the time is you feel that there's this mold that you have to fit. And I wish that somebody told me when I was younger that we're more than just accountants and doctors um, and these mainstream avenues that I wish that maybe there was more diversity with my learning because I would have loved to have pursued something like that when I was younger instead of wasting three and a half years on a health science degree. Yeah. You know, yeah. and maybe not wasting. That's not the right word, but. But it wasn't like giving you the fulfillment and like capturing your soul the way that you wanted it to until yeah. you like found like, oh, well, what about this creative aspect? Yeah. Or what about chasing this creative avenue? Yeah, and I think that, like, for me, sometimes I don't even know what it is that I'm looking for. Like, I don't really know what my end goal here is, but following the things that ignite my soul Mm -hmm. is what gives me purpose. So I love sitting down and doing this podcast. I love doing the preparation, the journaling, the talking, the ideating, the what ifs, the um the dreaming. Like I love conceptualizing ideas. So I don't really know where that's going to take me, but and and maybe that voice in your head is like scary too where it's like, well, if you don't know, yeah. then you shouldn't do it. But well, I wonder if that's why we <clears throat> feel failure so much is because like we have this idea, like we know what the end goal is. And then, but we don't know all the things it's going to take to get there, right? Mm -hmm. And so as you start going on that, like maybe you don't feel really inspired as you're going. And so you're like, oh man, but like I was supposed to be a doctor. Yes. And so then you feel failure because, well, that's not really actually what ignites you. Totally. And so, and, and I'm sure like people feel like they get trapped in that, like, well, I'm already so far down this road. Oh, 100%. Yeah. What does Jenna Kutcher say? She says, you don't have to know the how. You just have to know the why. Yeah. Isn't that what she says? Yeah. And that's helped me a lot learning from this shame or this fear of failure is I don't have to know what or the end destination or the where. I don't have to pinpoint that, but I just have to know my why. Why am I doing this? What ignites me? And sometimes that's hard because 
you know, there are aspects of failure that that maybe are true. Like maybe you don't make that deadline or you uh, don't get that client that you that you wanted. Or there are a lot of ways that like maybe there are these failures, but instead of taking it and um, internalizing it and calling it truth, it's like, oh, I can learn from this. How would you ever learn if you didn't keep trying? I think I've heard people say, the only time you're learning is when you fail. Mm. I see truth in that. Because when you're doing well, it's when you're implementing the things that you, the concepts, the ideas, the behaviors that you have learned. Mm. And then when you come to a challenge that you don't know how to navigate, you usually fail as you're learning like how to move through a process. Wow. I like that. Can I talk about my failure for a minute? 100%. I want to hear all about it. Oh my gosh. It's kind of ridiculous, but it really has impacted me in a big way. I was working for a large corporation. I was put on this fast track to like promote, to get to like my ideal position. Yeah. At first I did pretty good because I was like starting out a beginner and I think they gave me like the benefit of the doubt. And as I continued to interview in order to promote to get to my ideal position, I started just being terrible at the interviews. And I think a lot of it is because I felt different from everybody else and I didn't know what they wanted. And so when they asked me a question and I had to give an answer, like, I just wanted, like, I just wanted them to like, just tell me what to say and I'll say that thing. And I'll say that thing. And so I think a lot of my self-doubt just came through Mm -hmm. in the conversation. So you can't. I mean, I think there was just like a gap. There was just like an emptiness. Like I couldn't, I couldn't demonstrate this confidence that I didn't have because I didn't feel like I was worthy of that job. And it just came through in an interview. It was like, it was devastating. I ended up like, so I start with a group of people and we're all like fresh out of college, young faces. We're going to be like the new generation. And as we start going I start seeing my peers like, oh, they're getting promoted. Like, oh, they're getting their jobs. Like, oh, look, he's running a store now. And I'm still prepping and going to interviews and not doing well. And it was really, it was really embarrassing. And you know what I did? There was a time where I was like, you know, I just want to take a break from this. Like, I just like want to go to work and do my job. And I think it was that thing that you said. We're like, I'm going to, I'm going to give up on my terms because it hurts too bad to hear you say that I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. I'd rather tell you. That I'm not ready. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's the other thing that's really embarrassing. When I'm in, like, a tough situation where I'm, like, really nervous, I start getting, like, red blotchy neck. Oh. And it, like, starts, like... Climbing, like, up. Yeah. So I would, like, always wear turtlenecks to my interviews. It's, like, the summer, the middle of summer, and I'm, like, wearing a turtleneck, and, like, there's still, like, red, like, blotches, like, coming up. (laughs) It's starting to creep up your cheeks. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's... It, it was so embarrassing. So, like, watching people, like, progress ahead of me, and I was just not keeping up. It was real. it really, I seriously feel like, I feel like a failure. Yeah, I doubted myself with every question and never really felt like I was what they were looking for. And I got tied up trying to say the perfect thing. And the self-doubt 
kept the real answers from working their way out. I always felt like I was different from everyone else and I couldn't deliver on what they wanted because that's not what I was. And yeah, I I feel like that idea that I never understood that the self-doubt was a thing that was holding me back, I think that was the failure. Mm -hmm. I never grasped it. And that's embarrassing to walk away from a situation and being like, yeah, I'm still unclear why that didn't work out. Like, that feels embarrassing. Totally. It. I feel like it's easier to say, like, yeah, I didn't throw the ball fast enough. Or I missed three answers. Or, like, whatever. Like, yeah. to have a thing. Having like, a why. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't get this because this. Yeah. And I, and I think I just, like, walked away from that situation so blurry and so unsure that it ended up impacting the rest of my career with that company because I never really understood and now as I look back I'm like girl you just needed to say here's how I solved this problem oh you want to know what that was another big part in so when you're in an interviewing process you like should be showing off what you did well right right and it was so scary for me to say this is what I accomplished I like wouldn't say this is what I accomplished. Mm. It was like I was coming at it from because I was so scared. Well, but what about this or what about that? That I never I would I would never say I accomplished something. In their heads you were afraid that they didn't believe that you did accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like they like there was, oh well Yeah. I think that you accomplished it, but what about this aspect? Yes. Yeah, that was terrifying <laughs> to me. And so it was it would be like, okay, well, I was able to move this metric, this much but we still need to tackle this this and that instead of like yeah guess what I rolled in I made these connections I figured out the kinks I implemented this process and look where we are now Mm. like I could not say like I did not have that confidence and so I look young I have way too much energy and way too bubbly while I'm saying (laughs) I kind of did something like it was just I think if I look back at it now they were probably like did you? Because I was like, didn't I? <laughs> You're stating your facts as questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was way too scary to say I had accomplished something. And so I minimized it and I tried to make it sound like how everybody else sounded. Totally. And I couldn't sound like everyone else because it's not how I did any of the things. You know what? That actually reminds me of a part of um, Justin's episode where he talks about leadership style and not mimicking others before him. <clears throat> I actually was having a conversation with Dalton. Said that she really liked that aspect because we don't talk about that so many people feel pressured to do what somebody else has already done. Yeah. So it sounds like that's kind of what you were yeah. experiencing is Big that time. other people are doing it this way and so how do I make myself look and appear how they look Mm -hmm. instead of showing up as you yeah 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 and yeah and that was like and I had like such a different angle right like I would go into a broken process and I would make connections with like the lowliest of team members like these are the people I had the strongest connections with I would work side by side with them like I I was very hands-on and I was very connected to the team and that's how I made changes. 
And it was very different than how every, like everyone else was like coming in and saying, do this. And the team would just somehow magically do that. Like, I don't even know how they were doing it. Like I had to do it through these connections. And it was so, it's really weird to be like a 22 year old girl telling a 50 year old man yeah I just made good friendships with them and then we all got along and things worked out like it it felt like I was like such a magical unicorn in the land of you know just black and white yeah totally so who you were innately wasn't good enough so you showed up inauthentic to who you are hoping to satisfy or impress somebody else and in doing so you didn't get what you hoped you wanted and you viewed that as failure yeah yeah what would you say to that young girl today I would say the thing I said in episode one trust yourself I didn't I really didn't trust myself yeah I was looking for the answers outside of myself everywhere in every situation of my life, family life, home life, work life. I I always thought the answers were outside of myself. And so I'm looking around like, can you just tell me the answer? Like, yeah. I'll say it. I'll say it perfectly. Oh my gosh, Krissa, I have actually said that exact same thing in my life before in in a lot of scenarios where I felt lost or broken. It's like if somebody would just tell me, I'll do it. Like if somebody would just say, here's what you need to do, no matter what that workload looks like, I'll do it because I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And maybe the real failure for all of us is not trusting ourselves. Yeah. Maybe it's that inner, I don't know, maybe it's that like disappointment and maybe that gut feeling, that sinking feeling that we have all experienced is that inability of trusting ourselves. Yeah. And that's when the floor seems to come out from underneath us the hardest, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So then I leave corporate America and I come home and now I'm a stay at home mom and I'm raising a six year old and a four year old now. And it's really hard. Like, there are no other words for it. Like, I'm just like, it's hard. Like, even, like, not very long ago, I think you asked me, like, don't you love being a mom? And I'm like, depends on the day. <laughs> like, it's really hard. It's yeah. way harder than I thought. But I think balancing all of the things leaves me feeling like I'm failing at all of the things. Like, the inability to balance all of the things. So, like, I want to be patient and kind and loving to my children. Totally. But I also need them to, like, hurry. And I also want to feel fulfilled and, like, follow my own passion. And and I'm excited. I'll tell you, there's, I have this podcast passion. I have another thing that I really want to go after. So, like, I want to do that, too. But when I'm trying to do both of those things, like, I can't do all the things and something has to give, it usually ends up me being, like, snappy or frustrated, like, hurry, come on, let's go. Like, yeah. And just like losing patience with my kids. And I mean, I think the moments when I feel like, oh my gosh, I am failing at this is when I see them behave like me. So when I hear them say something snappy or when I hear them repeat words that came like straight out of my mouth in like a frustrated or, you know, whatever negative connotation way. And I think, oh my gosh, I taught them that. 
And mm. I think, oh, that's not what I'm trying to do. And like it, it just really, it's really overwhelming. Going to bed every night feeling like I'm not even a good mom. <laughs> and I, and I say that because I know for sure I'm not alone in that. Yeah. And so, and even like the other day we had company over, Tyson was over and he mentioned saying something about wanting to be a better dad. And in that moment, I realized like, hey, you're not doing a bad job. Like I wanted to say to him the thing that I want to hear too. Like you're not doing a bad job. Like, hey, you're doing a good job. Yeah. And I know that like all parents kind of feel that way because being a parent is a job 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you can be really good some of the time, but you cannot be like perfect 24 seven. All of the time. But being a good parent requires being good all the time. And so when you do fail, lose your patience or get a McDonald's again for dinner, (laughs) whatever (laughs) night of the week that is again, or like whenever you do fail, Mm -hmm. you see that like, oh, they're going to bear a part of this consequence. And that feels like unacceptable. Like, Mm. no, I have to do better because they deserve better. And I I think that's where like a lot of like mom guilt comes from is you see these beautiful, amazing human beings and you just think, oh my gosh, you deserve perfect. Absolutely. And I will never be perfect. I cannot (sighs) deliver on that. And so then you're just like, okay, I'll get up and try again tomorrow. And then and they push your buttons too you know they're like they don't listen to you the first time you ask something you know like <laughs> that would be they have easy. they have their own ideas and they and they they're testing their boundaries and they get to be human beings too but in doing so i fall short of my own expectations and then i just think i am a failure of a mother mm. <laughs> like they they lose their temper because i taught them to lose their temper because i lose my temper and it is just, it's, you know, yeah, it feels like, okay, I can fail at a lot of things, but failing my children is like, oh man, it's heavy. It just makes you feel real crummy. And I, and I know a lot, a lot of parents feel like that, but that is like the thing. Like, I think, yeah, when I think about failure, I'm like, oh, you mean like my motherhood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feeling it that every day. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels really crummy. And I don't know, like, how do you, I don't know how you feel better about that. Well, I'm not a mom, but I am a woman and I feel this sisterhood. And I wonder if that's when that voice of compassion or grace or maybe just the simple knowledge that we all know nobody is perfect. And so if that's like this common knowledge, how can we work through that? How can we understand? I think it's through compassion and it's through that patience of knowing and showing up and learning. I think a lot of that is being brave enough to admit that there was a mistake. And sometimes I think that we take on too much responsibility if we can learn to off offset some of those things. So maybe it wasn't the expectation that you wanted, but what does Glennon Doyle say when she, the chapter where she's driving with her daughter and everything seems to be going wrong 
uh, and they're on their way somewhere and the car tire gets a flat. And she said, I could have been so mad and so upset that that car tire got a flat or I could look at that moment and say, oh, that opened up 45 minutes where I got to sit and talk with my daughter. That reframing of perception. I wonder if there are moments like that where it's like, oh, okay, this didn't happen, but it offered this opportunity to problem solve or for them to see what it's like to run late and to make mistakes and that you pick yourself up and you continue and you show up regardless of the fact that you're not perfect. Because if we hold ourselves to the standards as mothers or as caretakers that we have to be perfect, then we instill to these little beings that they have to be perfect. And so if if we don't think, if we're like, oh, okay, we look at these tiny humans and we say, it's okay, everybody makes mistakes. How can you set step in in your own limited thinking or your own bad habits to say, hey, everybody makes mistakes. Nobody can be perfect all of the time. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Like, I think to myself, two answers. First of all, I think it's okay. They're going to appreciate me when they become parents. Like, when they become parents, they're going to be like, my mom's cool but until then it's gonna be like some kind of battle you know mm-hmm. because that does happen like as soon as you become a parent then you're like oh my parents weren't crazy after all like <laughs> this definitely is why they do those things they do totally and then the other thing i think is like i just want to tell them like here's the deal you're gonna need therapy because i'm way too concerned about keeping a clean house you should talk to somebody about that when you grow up because I like this idea that everything has to stay clean and then Mm -hmm. you don't get to like play and like explore things the way you want to. Like, I'm really sorry. I'm just effing that up for you. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm just like, I just want to tell them like, you're going to need therapy because I am doing these things. (laughs) And, and, and that's, that's okay too. But yeah, I think you're right. I think when you said, if we hold ourselves to be perfect, then we, accidentally tell these human these little human beings that they should be perfect and in my mind i'm like but they're already perfect and i think maybe that's the thing that like as as mothers as caretakers uh, as adults like maybe that's what we need to remember like i am perfect as i am (laughs) how does it go (laughs) i think that's the reminder like We are all capable of change. We are capable. We are worthy. And I think that sometimes we become so zoomed in. We become so zoomed in on what we're failing at, what we're not, what we're not doing, what we don't have, what we wish didn't happen to us. I wonder if we had that ability to zoom out and see ourselves and the patterns that we exhibit and knowing that we are capable of change and that ability to say, okay, what was in my control? What was in my control today? What did I not like that happened? What did I do? Okay, I was snappy. I was grumpy. Why? Take that a step further. Why? Oh, well... 
this, this, and this. And then maybe you land on it's like, I was, I didn't get enough sleep. Okay. Is that's, that something that you can change? That's a very li- that's a viable option most days of the week. <laughs> because we're humans and we need eight hours of sleep. And when people are operating on five hours, it's unsustainable. Yeah. And you start to break. What? You're human? Yeah. But I wonder if sometimes we become so zoomed in on this feeling or on this belief of look at me. Let's take that motherhood example. Look at me. I'm I'm failing. I'm a terrible mother. I'm not showing up. And in, and we get catastrophize and we create this snowball effect instead of stopping and saying, wow, I don't think I showed up today in the way that I wanted to show up. Is there something that I could have done differently? And where did could that have been? And maybe it was five minutes before the conversation, or maybe it's the night before and going to bed 20 minutes earlier or rearranging some pieces to alleviate some of this guilt that we hold in in truth of proof of what our failure is. I wonder if there is a way that we could go back and backtrack and see the patterns or take our power back and, and move some things around instead of identifying with that feeling Mm. of failure. Yeah. You know, I was teaching a yoga class this morning and I knew that we were uh, going to be talking about this topic And I was listening to a Brene Brown podcast with Sarah Lewis. So I had some thoughts and I went into my yoga class and I I talked about the difference between giving up and surrendering. And it's funny that you sing that little song by Beautiful Chorus because I played that at the end of my class. Um, And I, I wanted to just leave my students with that gift. You are perfect as you are right now in this very moment without fail you are perfect as you are so yeah that's kind of my thought yeah I love that that's hopeful yeah okay so we both talked about we have avoided doing things to avoid failure yeah so I went shopping the other day. Of course, I've already journaled about this and I'm going shopping. And I see this dress. It's like real businessy dress. And I think in my head like, ooh, that's going to be perfect kind of dress for me when I get to this certain place in my life that I want to get to. That place is, I want to be a public servant. Like literally in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be the governor of Utah. <laughs> and I yeah. and I say it like a joke a lot because I am easing that failure feeling waters yeah yeah i'm just like nobody would vote for me i'm like way too progressive you know but i want to do this and it's like that my way of like avoiding the feeling of failure Mm. i already know because of you know x y or z or whatever but it is like that kind of protective thing of my feelings but i see this dress i'm like i'm gonna get it and i bought my i told tim i'm like i just bought myself a this is my when i run for office dress (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, I'm not going to let the fear of failing be so big that it stops me from trying. Mm. I'm going to try. I mean, am I going to try to run for office tomorrow? No, I think there's a lot of things in in the middle before that happens. I'm so excited for those things. But I'm just here to say like, hey, we're doing a podcast. We're asking for your support. We are showing up in vulnerable ways. We're talking about things that are like kind of scary. Like I'm freaking crying behind a microphone. Like, and you're going to hear this. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
And and I'm still going to try. I'm still going to do it. Like, I'm ready to learn from failure, not avoid it. Mm. That's just where I'm at. I like that you said that. Don't let the fear of failure stop you from trying. I think I needed to hear that. We go in places. Yeah. <laughs> Little Evie is listening in the headphones. We so cute. Just picture perfect moment right there. Get out of here. Yeah. So, you guys, we're so excited for you to hear our conversation with Cody next week. He's a big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah. We love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let the fear of failing stop you from trying. Go get it. We'll see you next week. We just want to share a big thank you to everybody who helped make this episode possible. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you. Drop into our DMs. You can find us on Instagram at I totally relate pod. Or you can share your feedback and insights with us at I totally relate pod at gmail.com. We totally want to get to know you. See you next time. Peace out.